You're listening to Fine Music Radio, and this is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to today's edition of People of Note. Uh, Women's Day it is, and I'm pleased to tell you I have a distinguished lady in the studio with me. But before I introduce her, I want to tell you about a new concept. BR Concerts is presenting Concerts Connect which is a series of online concerts which will be streamed in support of local music societies and concert series. With a strong focus on connectivity, Concerts Connect is a unique online platform that aims to connect music societies with audiences and artists in these times of great disconnection. And with the possibility to connect audiences directly with music societies through customized ticketing and live stream platforms, societies are able to continue presenting world-class performances to their existing patrons, but also offers the possibility to grow their audience base across geographical boundaries. And in so doing, music societies and concert series are able to continue playing their vital role in South African classical music in the scene here. And as you know, the scene has been seriously disrupted, as have so many other things, by COVID. Well, the curator of Concerts Connect is the South African pianist Nina Schumann. And I'm sure you know Nina well. She was born into a musical family here in South Africa. She received her early music tuition from Rona Rupert and Lamar Krausen. Her first appearance with an orchestra was at the age of 15. And from there on, she just took off all the competition she could have won. She won the Odomiester Music Prize, the Samra Overseas Scholarship, the SABC Music Prize, Prize for the Best South African Pianist in the UNISA International Piano Competition in 1993, and a whole host of things internationally as well. And Nina is with me here in the studio. Nina, thank you for braving COVID and coming through to the studio to chat to us. Thank you, Rodney. Lovely to be here. Well, you're one of those people who's directly affected onto you. I know, okay, you're Professor onto of Piano at... Yes. At Stellenbosch. Yes. That's your kind of official title. But just for the moment, let's talk about Concerts Connect. And tell me how it came into being, presumably because you needed a platform like this. Yes, the idea actually, the seed for it came from my dad. And my dad is retired in Hermanus. And uh, they have a music society called Oak, with a Strand Arts Künstler. And a circular went round to their members to basically pose the question, what do they do now? Because they don't have content, they can't host concerts, and they were considering actually closing the society. And my dad called me up and said, is there anything that we can do to assist? So I thought about it, and I thought that it was quite obvious that we had to go the online route, but financially that's incredibly expensive. Any production costs anywhere between forty-five and fifty thousand rand. Really? Yeah, um, mainly because of camera work and sound, yes. of course. So that, that you've said something very interesting. Sorry to interrupt you, Nina, because I think some people might think that online is sort of the cheap way to go. But as you're pointing out, that's definitely not the case. Well, it depends what you're doing. Of course, uh, in the initial months of COVID, um, everyone stream two minutes of practicing scales from the living room <laughs> yes, I you know that definitely doesn't cost that much but we were aiming for real high high quality mm. uh, content and and video of course so the only way to make it uh, 
uh, worthwhile was basically to try and connect as many different societies as possible. I keep thinking of it as a 1970s Tupperware party, <laughs> <laughs> you know, where the women That's used to come together. Yes. Um, so basically what happens is that the music societies buy into it for a specified amount and let's say 4,000 rand. Then they have to sell 40 tickets in order to make their money back. And once they make their money back, then they make profit which then again invests in the next concert. So initially, I think we had five music societies. This past Sunday, we just had the fourth concert. That was uh, Amici Quartet with Megan Jeffrey Prince. And on board were nine music societies. And, and that's from all over the country. We've got PE Music Society, Susselberg, Porch. We had University of Pretoria, some Swarovies oh, and Joburg. So it is national. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, apart from the societies uh, joining up, the public can obviously. That's yes, and, and, and what is fantastic is that if you buy your ticket, uh, you specify which music society you would like to support. So it becomes a little bit of a competition. <laughs> okay. I remember initially there was a, quite a competition between Cape Town Concert Series and Oak and Admonis to see who would sell the most tickets. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's healthy, mobilizing it? people. Mm, it's absolutely. Healthy. And of course, and the most important thing is uh, it provides a platform to the musicians and also everyone in, in the industry. It's mm. not just camera crew and, and sound. It's the piano tuner, etc. Yeah. So um, where do the concerts actually take place? Do they take place in Stellenbosch? No. Initially, I wanted to stream it from the Endler, but we couldn't get uh, permission for that. So we decided to treat it like a travel show. So in the 30 minutes prior to the start of the concert, we have a different venue every time. Oh. And we have interviews with the artists, but we also have footage uh, from the different places. So the first concert was in Lawrenceford Manor House. The second one in Casa Labia in Musenberg. The third was a beautiful one estate outside Stellenbosch, Quinn Rock. Very contemporary. So everything has been very different. Uh, mm. Sundays, this past Sunday's concert was in Old Nectar um, outside Stellenbosch, which is famous for the gardens. Yeah. So what you do is, as you say, like a travelogue. So the, the whole presentation would open with where you are and a look around the place yes. and things like that. Yes. And clearly you're choosing rather grand places like Casalabia and the wine farms. Well, it's un unfortunately, it's uh, restricted by uh, the, the pianos that's mm. available. Oh, yes, of course. Um, so far, we've chosen venues with uh, good pianos. Uh, for the third one, there were no pianos whatsoever. So I've got two babies at home and they got moved. <laughs> and we use them. You mean baby concert grands? Yes, yes, Baby yes, pianos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Then when the whole thing is put together, how long does it take to, I presume there's a lot of rehearsal and all that and camera angles before you go live? There's approximately two hours of, of rehearsal time and then <laughs> they, they switch on that button and they count you down and off you and go. There you are. Yeah, there's yeah. absolutely no editing whatsoever. Yes, so it's a very nerve-wracking experience. So you could say warts and all, but we are talking about professional musicians here who are going to give up their best, I'm sure. Am I right in saying that? Yes, no, absolutely. The first concert we had, uh, Elisa Margulis, the German violinist, accompanied by Luis Magalaj. She, of course, got stuck in South Africa for yes. three and a half months uh, with her 
daughter. So it was great for everyone to shake off the feathers <laughs> and, and get going. And the second concert at Casa Labia, I played a solo recital. The third one was Luis and myself on two pianos. And then, as mentioned, the last concert was uh, Amici Quartet. The next concert will be on the 30th of August. That will be the CPO Wind Quintet with Peter Grobler on piano. Now, Nina, let's take a music break. And you sent me your list of music, and I was rather surprised. I expected DPC Preludes or Chopin Waltzes or Beethoven Sonatas. But we've got Queen coming up. Tell me why you've chosen Bohemian Rhapsody, apart from the fact that it's quite an extraordinary piece of music. It is an extraordinary piece of music. It's it's just a really, really, truly well-written uh, piece of music. But I chose it because it uh, represents my childhood. With my <laughs> yes. family, we were five daughters, and whenever we went on our December holidays, it would turn into a karaoke in the car. Oh and God. everyone would uh, join in in Bohemian Rhapsody. And the harmonization, I, I will never forget. That was just <laughs> extraordinary. Okay, but it's quite long now. So I think what we'll do is try and pick it up to get the ballad feeling, the ballad feeling of it, and also that little sort of a cappella sequence. And we can imagine yes. you all singing in your car. Is that okay? Perfect. Here we go. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a cool boy, I need no sympathy. Because I'm easy come, easy go, little high.
Cut it there, Nina. As much as that famous song is loved by so many people, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen's song, Freddie Mercury's song there. And believe it or not, Nina Schumann, the South African pianist, used to sing that with her sisters in the car as a karaoke when you were very young. I wish you had a recording, Nina. Nina Schumann is my guest here on this week's edition of People of Note, talking about Concerts Connect, a series of online concerts which will be streamed in support of local music societies and concert series. And Nina, one of the things I've discovered during this lockdown and all that with these online things is that it's not just a one-off. If you miss the actual broadcast, the live broadcast, it usually stays on for a few days that you can still tune in. Well, how does that work? Yes. Uh, when you set up the, the contract with Quicket, you can actually specify how long you want it to be valid for. And we chose 72 hours. Um, and it's actually been really interesting to give you some kind of indication um, one of the concerts, I think we sold 420 tickets, and but the online viewing has been 2,200. So that means that people return repeatedly. I mean, just yesterday afternoon, I was watching Sunday's concert again, and while I was viewing, I could see online 22 other people who were busy watching at the same time, yeah. okay, which is really quite amazing. So it means that people are growing used to the fact that if you don't, uh, if you miss the start of the concert, there's still time. You can watch it later. Nina, how do you advertise the concerts? How, how do people know when to listen? Do they go to a website or how do you advertise these concerts? Yes, the the best way is to go to Brent Reynolds' uh, website. Uh, that's my partner um, in this, uh, brconcerts.com. And all the information is on there. Um, in terms of publicity, obviously we've done overall uh, publicity. There's been some articles in the newspapers and Burger um, Argus, uh, etc. Also on social media. Mm -hmm. But of course, super importantly is that the different music societies they they run their own publicity campaign. Oh, okay. So which helps all their members to tune yes, in as well. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so it actually happens where there's the original concert at say eight o'clock or six o'clock on one day. And then when that's finished, you can tune it at any time of the day or night for the next 72 hours. Yes, but absolutely. you also still have to buy a ticket to yes. tune in to the repeats. Yes. Okay. Uh, one ticket will last you for 72 hours and oh, you can okay. watch repeatedly. And of course, also one ticket serves a whole household. So you can have four people watching at the same time. 
And how much are the tickets? 100 rand. Oh, yeah. Student tickets are 50 rand. Yes, gosh. And how do the musicians react to this? Has it been easy to get people to take part in this? Incredibly easy. I, I mean, the the first three concerts uh, was basically an experiment. We'd only planned for the first three concerts, which involved uh, Alyssa, Louise, and myself. Um, and then immediately afterwards, we had to start the the planning. And so far, every time I pick up the phone and I invite musicians, they are just so. I think relieved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one can sense that they they need something to work towards. They need to play. Yeah, they all moan like crazy in the beginning <laughs> and say, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to be ready in three weeks' time?" But they all do it happily. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the sort of um, money question: Do they get paid, the musicians? Yes, of course. Yeah, from the money sure that you them. raise from the tickets and all that. Yes. Yes, uh, absolutely. Everything goes into the kitty, and and that covers uh, fees for the artists, uh, the moving of the pianos, the tuning, the the sound, the video guys. Yeah, as you said everything. earlier, all these expenses that are yes. so important. And um, how do you choose repertoire? Is there a kind of a, is it your do you guide the repertoire? Um, so, f- well, with um, Alyssa and Luisa, of course, they chose their own repertoire for the solo. I was responsible for that. Uh, with the Amici Quartet, um, I did request uh, two specific composers, and I just now did the same with the upcoming concert. I don't think it should necessarily remain a rule, mm-hmm. um, but I guess because of my experience with the Stellenbosch International Show Music Festival, I think I've got a kind of a broad knowledge of, of course, uh, time and music repertoire. Yes, and what a tragedy that was, because that, of course, had to fall away, didn't it? The Chamber Music Festival, which was in its what it has been going for some years now. I think it was going to be the seventeenth yes, year, something like that. Yes. And it had created such an impetus, and so many overseas artists knew about it and came out. I've interviewed some who said how wonderful it was to come to Cape Town to Stellenbosch and make good music, and all that had to be cancelled. Yeah, and no, it was tragic and. Um, I think we were holding out until the absolute last minute, but at some point one has to face reality. Mm. So in the meantime, we'll be planning for next year. Right. And the other important thing that was cancelled was the piano symposium. Is that right? Yes. An uh, international symposium. Yes. We have a biannual Sanibosh International Piano Symposium that also incorporates the Henny Uber National Piano Competition Um which, again, it's so sad because you've got high school students who've been practicing for nine months uh, mm. in preparation for this competition. And at the last minute, I think it was six weeks' notice, we had to cancel everything. We were just saying, weren't we, Nina, when you arrived at the studio, how uh, when when all this began, we sort of thought, oh, well, it'll all be over in a month or two and we'll be back to normal, a little realizing what we were in for. Yes, I... Uh, I I mentioned to you uh, I had an invitation to go to Maputo in uh, Mozambique for a chamber festival that they have there. And I sent some communication in March saying we're not quite sure what to do. And I was the first to respond to say, oh, it will all blow over in two weeks' time. <laughs> so and I feel like a real twat. But yes. um, I'm trying to be as forward thinking also now in terms of the scene uh what one should anticipate within the next six months. Mm-hmm. And um, I think everyone goes through a process that you, you kind of have to knock yourself over the head and say you've you've got to expect that there will not be live concerts for at least the next six months. Gosh. 
Anyway, let's have another piece of music from you, Nina. What have you? What's your next choice? I chose Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Yeah, she was my teenage idol. Really? Um, yes. Uh, well, I, I love her voice. I think she's just absolutely incredible, and I've all, always had a penchant for strong women. Um, in fact, I remember when I was at school, someone asked me to do an interview for Women's Day, and they asked me who's the woman I admire most. And I said Barbara Streisand, and my mother was incredibly upset with me. <laughs> Good for you. What's Barbara singing for us? She's going to sing uh, Papa Can You Hear Me from the movie Yentl. And you have to listen to it just to time the length of the last note. It's extraordinary.
I hear what you mean by that long note, Nina. Mm. You told me that you actually timed it once with a stopwatch. I did. <laughs> Barbara Streisand, Papa, can you hear me? From Yentl, was it? The yes. From Yentl. Yes. And another choice of my guest. My guest on this Women's Day on uh, People of Note is the pianist Nina Schumann. And we're talking about Concerts Connect, a series of online concerts which are being streamed in support of local music societies and concert series and a way to keep our musicians busy. As we said earlier, musicians have to play. They want to play. That's what they live for. And how have you, Nina, found the mood among people? Are people bearing up? Are people very depressed? Are, you know, the young people studying and all that, the older people who have established careers? Would you? How would you describe the situation? Are people being... Positive. Well, I think it's a mixed bag. Um, I suppose it has to be. You know, I can only speak from from myself in, in terms of personal experience. The, the first two months, um, I, one focuses so much on continuing your work and teaching, and but I have to confess, I didn't practice much at all. Oh dear. And that very exactly <laughs> that very slowly gets one under. Um, mm. And with the start of this concert connect program, it, it was like my life changed completely. And it was wonderful. Suddenly, I had a drive again. Um, so I think most m musicians who are not performing at the moment, I think it's incredibly tricky. Um, one needs a platform mm -hmm. and believe it or not one needs the applause as you well you do of course you do um and i see I, I see the difficulty for my students in particular um because even their exams now in the middle of the year they had to upload it um there were some people performing a concerto for exam without accompaniment and uh, recording it on a keyboard um, so oh that's incredibly depressing and yeah. I think for the students more than anything they just want a stage mm -hmm. um, so I've seen my role not only teaching them but also trying to keep their spirits up as much as okay. possible a psycho psychological approach to them and um, do they are you actually teaching one-to-one -one or are you teaching online uh, we have been teaching online until this past Monday in fact, today was my second day at the office, and it's extremely strange <laughs> to be back in my office. But I can sense how excited the students are. You can explain things better. And now with the end of the year coming and the end of year exams and all that, are they being postponed, or what is the situation there? Well, last week was the start of the third term. So we've still got a way to go, mm -hmm. um, or the second semester. The planning, the way it is at the moment, will finish at the end of November. Gosh, okay. And um, another question just about Stellenbosch in general, um, and your students, you obviously teach piano. Are there lots of budding piano students out there? Tons. Really, tons, really. really. Yeah, no, we've got excellent, excellent students. And I think what makes me so happy, the, the quality is very equally spread. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got three master's students. Um, I have great fourth years, third years, second years, and first years. And you're just talking about academic qualifications, your doctorate, your PhD. What was your subject for that? I, I was trying to look it up the other day. Um, I completed it at UCT. Uh, originally, I'd started it in Denton, University right. of North Texas. Right. Then I started the job in Stellenbosch, and it just became too much, uh, the traveling. So I transferred to UCT. Um, and my thesis was basically looking at two piano repertoire, um, the history, um, and then the second volume uh, was uh, 
400-page catalogue of all the two piano works that had been written up until that point. That was 2005. These two piano pieces that have been written up to that point, were they original compositions? Yes. They weren't all, transcriptions? Well, I had a section with uh, transcriptions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the interesting thing is two, we're not talking about four-hand repertoire. You're we're talking, talking about two, two pianos. pianos. Yes. Uh, up until the turn of the 19th century, there were only 22 original works. So it's it's been a genre that's exploded. Gosh. But what attracted you to that, Nina? And I remember um, most of your early CDs with Luis were the two piano repertoires, weren't they? Whether it was Rachmaninoff or whether it was yes. Ariensky, those people. What attracted you to the two piano Well, repertoire? I have to confess, I, I never really liked it. <laughs> I, uh, Luis, <laughs> now you say. N- yeah, I mean, I, I, I like it now. Uh, but uh, Luis had a history of, of playing uh, two pianos and he loved uh, the the works and uh, the dynamic of that uh, type of ensemble, mm-hmm. um, I kind of grudgingly agreed <laughs> to oh, <yeah>. do it. <laughs> yes. But um, we got to be quite a formidable duo. So most of our international work is basically two pianos, and we still continue playing together, of course. Yes, um, because you are separated, aren't you? But, yes. I mean, it's all amicable. And the two pianos label, is that now continuing um, have you got lots of plans for the future regarding that label? That slowed down. Um, I, I have to admit the, the two pianists label has been incredibly successful, but essentially it's been a very expensive calling card. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, that's, right. that's the function of a, of a CD um, yes, in the end. Yes. It, it did contribute to getting us uh, a better international engagements. Sometimes we got uh, asked to perform concerts purely based on our CDs, people who didn't know us whatsoever. We never had agents, um, so the CDs fulfilled that function. Which must have been very good for both of you and for your reputations and so on. Yes, absolutely. One one builds up a, a catalogue of mm. work and at the same time just the experience of recording is quite unique. Uh, it puts a, a different element of uh, acquired perfection. Um, one gets away with a lot more <laughs> in, in, in live performance than what you do when you record. Yeah. And also, I should imagine, two pianos. I mean, I think uh, some years ago, I remember I interviewed you and Luis together on People of Note, and I was sort of joking, who has the last say or do domestic rows break out about interpretation or rhythm or dynamics or tempi? It must be a tricky, because it's different than playing with an orchestra with a concerto. Yes, um, but I think we've had the benefit of uh, 20 years of playing together already. Um, obviously, in the beginning, it was slamming doors and yelling at each other. <laughs> and um, Now it's entirely professional. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And we only p- perform what we really, truly love. So it's a joint d- decision. Um, we love discovering new repertoire as well, and we've discovered some gems in the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, it's all good. Excellent. Now another piece of music, Nina Schumann, my guest on People of Note. Well, I chose Beyonce. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> no. I'm teasing you. <laughs> no, I absolutely adore Beyonce. I think she's got an incredible voice. And uh, again, just recently I was watching a, a Netflix documentary, and she's such an hard-working individual 
Um, I have incredible admiration for that. And obviously I had to choose the obvious track, which is I'm a Single Lady. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Beyonce, a rare appearance on Fine Music Radio. I'm a single lady and the choice of Nina Schumann, my guest on FMR's People of Note this week. Well, we were talking about Concerts Connect and we're going to come back to that. But Nina, I want to just find out a little bit about your likes and dislikes. Your repertoire, for example, seems quite wide. Okay, we were talking about the two piano thing. But apart from that, you seem to have, judging from the concertos you've played and what I've seen you do, you have a wide repertoire, don't you? We wouldn't call you a specialist in a certain composer or style, or am I wrong? 
No, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think they, over the years uh, there's been certain composers that that I've favoured or that I've had a lot of experience with. Um, I would include in that bracket would be Bach and Beethoven for sure. Then uh, by popular demand, Rachmaninoff, oh, yes. of course. I like the way you say demand. <laughs> now, I adore Rachmaninoff, but sometimes it's annoying to me. I, I seem to be exuding the impression that that's all I can play. Um, obviously, I, I'm turning 50 this year. Oh, um, there you are. I'm telling everyone, <laughs> left, right and center. Um, one realizes how how much you've actually built up um, a large repertoire, and, and that includes uh, as well chamber music, mm-hmm. which is very important to me. We were also, I mean, we were sitting chatting before we came in the studio. Sometimes I think we re- should record those conversations as well because they are so spontaneous. And I was telling you how um, during this lockdown I've been listening to all the 32 Beethoven piano sonatas played by Wilhelm Kempf. And I asked you, perhaps stupidly, if you like Beethoven. <laughs> and your answer was interesting because of the Lamar Krasen story. Yes. Uh, when I started with Lamar, I think I was 12 years old. Uh, for my first two years, um, I was not allowed to play anything else except Beethoven. Um, which was very difficult at that point. I wanted to comply the estate feds and all that stuff. But he believed very strongly, and now I concur, that in order to read the score properly and know how to interpret musical rules, uh, which you do find in, in every sig- single composer, um, the best map uh, is in Beethoven's scores. So I've had a lot of experience with Beethoven, and obviously I teach uh, Beethoven as well. I think I've played pretty much all the piano concerti, and of course done chamber music as well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's wonderful as a teacher when the when you teach the students the principles, and then you give them a Beethoven score, and suddenly they see how it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just it's glorious. Interesting that you mentioned Bach and then Beethoven, because you know that famous saying that the well-tempered clavier of Bach is the Old Testament of keyboard playing and that the 32 Beethoven piano sonatas are the New Testament of keyboard playing. And right. it sounds as though you would sort of agree with that. Yes, obviously it's it's very diverse, even just in terms of Bach, his output I think uh, it goes well beyond the, the preludes and fugues, of course. And, yes. Uh, but again, I think it's, it's a similar thing. There are basic rules mm. that one finds in Bach um, that is just expanded upon in Beethoven. Yeah. I mean, how do you relax, Nina? You obviously have quite a busy life because you've got to practice a lot. <laughs> there's the admin side. There's all this. Do you listen to music? Do you listen to Barbara Streisand and Beyonce or do you listen to Beethoven and Bach? I never listen to music. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I've heard that from musicians before. Yeah, you know, music is uh, such a substantial part of my day. Mm. Um, And especially in the last 10 years, I would say, when I listen to classical music, I only listen critically and that's not pleasurable whatsoever. So my relaxation time is when we do go on holiday and then you try and find your top 20 (laughs) car mix uh, (laughs) that has to accompany the road trip. Oh, right. That's, I've, many, many musicians tell me that they can't listen. I remember David Tidbold. Remember David Tidbold famously saying to me when Classic FM was formed in Johannesburg, I can't understand who would want to listen to classical music all day, <laughs> which coming from him, you can understand. Yes. It's his yeah. job. It's his life. But nonetheless, I dare say um, when you sit down in practice, 
it's an intensity that um, you obviously enjoy. Yes, it's wonderful, and especially lately, I feel like I've rediscovered solo pieces, mm-hmm. and to a certain extent, I feel like I've rediscovered myself as well. It's it's, Gosh, been, that's interesting. it's been great. I, I I know most people are depressed during COVID nineteen, but I'm, I'm feeling fantastic. That's great news to hear. In fact, we're going to hear some music now. Your first piece of classical music in our program. Yes, and it had to be Bach. Um, it's the Bach prelude in E minor uh, that was arranged by Zelotti, um, performed by a concert in Sharbakov, who actually recorded it for our label. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to tell you a story about that CD, uh, Constantine has recorded, I think it's ridiculous, a catalog of something like 50 CDs for Naxos. And he got so tired of being forced to play repertoire that he didn't really want to play. He recorded this disc that is called Me, and he dedicated it to his wife. And I still remember when he was recording, he was in tears. Um, And this is that type of music. It just goes straight to the heart. Thank you. 
Well, that's the prelude in E minor by Bach, but arranged by Celotti and also played by Konstantin Sherbakov on the two-pianist label. Nina Schumann here with me. And Nina, just before I let you go, and thank you, by the way, for what you said just before that about being positive, that you are succeeding in being positive in this period and discovering new things. And it is, it's a period of discovery if you look at it positively, isn't it, really? Yes, I, I, I had a very interesting conversation with some people on the weekend. Um, obviously, the basic uh, premise is always that uh, when you have something that's uh, with peril, you have to try and find the, the positive. But I do think it's a positive period right now. People have the time to reflect. Uh, they have the time to prepare. I think uh, there's been a, a wonderful turn uh, towards supporting local uh, and that include artists and of course our local restaurants and wines in particular <laughs> etc et available yeah I think um, I think people they are softer um, in in terms of feelings and and we don't live past one another anymore and also it's brought out a lot of goodness in people, hasn't it? So sort of latent goodness in people. Yes. It's lovely to hear you say that. Thank you. It makes me feel better. And, and to link up to the Concerts Connect thing, mm. you know, it stresses the connectivity. Um, and I think we're all in this together as long as we can continue connecting with one another. Nina, when, just remind us then when the next concert is. When can we tune in and go to Quicket and um, listen again? Quicket will most probably be loaded by the end of the week. Uh, well, it better be. It, now it will have to be. I'll have to ask Brent to do it. Um, but the next concert is going to be on the 30th of August. It, it's always on a Sunday, and it always starts at 3.30 in the afternoon. Okay. And uh, can you tell us what it will be in that concert, or is that still a secret? No, it's not not a secret. It's going to be the CPO Wind Quintet uh, with Peter Grobler on piano. And they are going to play the Tula Sextet as well as the Pulong Sextet. Oh, okay. That's interesting repertoire as well. So that's Concerts Connect, and you get to them via the website, is that right? Yes, you can go to the website or you can go directly to Quicket. And okay. You just okay. look for the Concerts Connect logo. What is the Concert Connect website address? Uh, that is brconcerts.com. BRConcerts.com And then that'll take you I've been there And it'll take you in Nina, it's been lovely Chatting to you It's been a lovely Positive experience So thank you And I'm so glad You're doing so much For our musicians And look after yourself And be well Thank you Thank you Rodney It was lovely being here Nina Schumann My guest on this week's edition Of People of Note Well we have still Some time in hand So let's listen to Nina Playing something for us and in fact, this was recorded at the University of North Texas in Denton in the USA when Nina was visiting there. It's part of the sonata by Metna called Sonata Reminitsena. <laughs> 